So I'm a visitor as well, you know, I've been here since November. Thank you, church, for accepting uh, Lynn and I. You guys have been good to us, and you've been good for us as well. So uh, God bless you all. Um, I, uh, I have done this before, but it's been a while. And uh, I remember when I was up in Niue, we, uh, Lynn and I had come to, to New Zealand, because we stayed up there for a while. And uh, I said, I'll take the boat out for uh, go fishing. And um, I took the boat out, and man, what a mess that was. Line everywhere. Because um, you've you got you to reverse. I had a little 12-foot dinghy. You had to reverse at the same time to keep it, you know, your line straight, because it's 300 meters down where I'm fishing. And it's just a mess, a real mess. I'm going, I know how to do this, but it's been a while. Um, so, so, so this stuff today, I know how to do it, but it's going to be a mess. Uh, can we have some more lights on? Just a little bit more. Just, I'm looking at shadows. If someone can just flick some, some lights on, it'll be cool. So I want to thank the leadership as well for being kind to us. The leadership of, uh, leadership of um, Cornerstone um, Church. Uh, congrats to Tim and Abs and the grandparents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pastor Dre has given me a free reign. Um, so it's like giving me lots of rope. Um, I could do something really bad with it. Um, and hopefully today I won't commit any heresies. Uh, I, I said to Mike, if I start smoking, or Matt, if I start smoking, fire's not too far off. It's, I'm just going to burst into flames. Uh, but it's a privilege to be here. So my sermon today, there's a title somewhere. Yeah, here we go. Oh, hey, where do I point it? I've got to turn it on. Ed said, this is so easy, I don't know why you guys stuff it up. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's awesome, the lights. So that's the title today, No Eye Has Seen Nor Ear Heard. And that's my name, P.S. William Hay. So I do have a, um, some sort of authority to speak into your lives. How I do that, it's up for debate. And how well I do that, well, I don't know. So let's pray. Father, you are a good God. You're my God. You're our God, Father. And we love you, Lord. And the things that you've done for us, Lord, and prepared for us are magnificent, Father. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So the word today is, a, is an introduction to me. Because uh, you've seen me around the place. You've witnessed my magnificent beard. Isn't it just glorious? That's a real nuisance. It gets in my food, it's all over the place. I carry extra stuff in here. My wife hates it, but isn't it cool? Isn't it just, yeah, it's amazing. I'm going to cut it off. Uh, well, I, I'm growing it for a reason, but that's another story. So, let's get into it, eh? Ha, ha, ha. So, it is an introduction, as I said, of myself. Not an explicit one, it's implicit, it's implied that you'll pick some stuff up as I'm talking. So this is um, up in Niue. That's where my mum's from. So that's that lady there. How rude of her to turn her back on you. Um, and that's my grandparents' house in Tongulu, in Tamakautonga, on the island of Niue. Fantastic place. And those are, that's my niece, Olivia, and Jake. Jake's the other, is my nephew in, in front of them. Um, and uh, we've lived... 
I don't know when, when these Polynesians arrived on this island, but I tell you, it's been a while. And uh, we've, we've stayed there um, for, for a number, well, who knows how long we've been there for. That's uh, from the veranda of that last photo. You're looking out across the field to the church. You're a religious bunch, these New Irons. So the church occupies the center of the, of the village. And um, my family uh, donated quite a bit of land to, to this um, endeavor here for this church and this field and the, and the hall, which is just on the other side as well. So um, great, great gramps and, and them. Well done, fellas. Um, we just need an, another cyclone to come through to just whip those trees down because you can actually see all the way out to the sea. Uh, it's really beautiful. The, there's a grave just on the corner there. Can you see that? That's my wife's uh, grandfather. They came and ministered in our village for a number of years as well. So, um, but she wasn't born then, otherwise I would have tracked her down. <laughs> oh, that, how rude. <laughs> Um, just on the tree line, just behind those graves, is a grave of a fellow. Um, he is my great-grandfather's great-grandfather. So that's going back to um, just uh, early 1800s. I, I didn't bring all my notes with me from Auckland, so you're going to have to trust me. Um, and that means, that means him and his family would have been there to receive the gospel as when it arrived uh, when it arrived in Niue. And the gospel arrived via a Niuean person because a, a lot of visitors were not allowed to land on the island. They chased them away with spears and things like that. <laughs> chased them away because it's just the diseases that come there. They weren't prepared for it. They've seen it before, so... Um, so, and, and his great-grandfather would have seen a magnificent sight back in the day, in uh, 1774, up from Tonga, coming up towards Niue, would have been, I think it was the Resolution, Captain Cook would have, would have um, come through there, full sails, what a vision, eh? Scary too, I suppose. What the? What, I was about to say, what the hell? What is that thing? And um, so that's 1774. Cook arrived, and some 50 years later, some whalers arrived as well. There was second contact, and and then um, not long after that, Pinyamina, who was stolen off the island, went took taken to Samoa. Took into Samoa. English was my second language. It literally is. Uh, Tōtun Samoa, where there was a mission station there, taught them uh, about God, about the gospel, and then uh, they came back to Niue. So, and 15 years after that, was the first um, European missionary arrived on the island, a, name, a guy by the name of um, George Laws. And Lynn met someone who is a descendant of, of uh, William. George Laws, and they live down in Leeston. And they know these guys that used to sort of sit here. Isn't that amazing? <sighs> it blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind what, um, how, how amazing 
this little bit of history is in, in, my, in my life. So I'm going to leave this uh, photo up for a while because it's a cool photo. Um, but I said Christianity arrived in Nui. So the gospel arrived and they t spoke about Jesus, I presume. Here's, a, here's something that um, the first white missionary, George Lewis, said when he arrived. He says something along these lines. It is hard to fathom that just some 15 years prior to him arriving, this island did not know Jesus. So complete has been its transformation. It's bang, the island, it was so quick. They heard the message and they, were, they just thirsted for it. They hungered for it. And you go, wow. Hang on. So there must have been something else going on before the word arrived then, right? Because God was there already. So what was he doing? What was our God doing before the gospel arrived? Well, the answer to that was he was preparing a people to receive the gospel. And how would you do that to a, to a nation who didn't have a clue who God is and who Jesus is. And it's the same, exactly the same here in this country when, when people arrived in this country. The gospel took off amongst the Māori really, really well. He goes, how? Why? That's a good question. Why did it take off? And we've got to look at, let's look at the culture maybe. Was it something in the culture that was just working away? Was God by his spirit just working away in my people? in our people here in Aotearoa as well, that just prepared the way really well for the gospel to land. You reckon that makes sense? <laughs> I want to just take you through some of the aspects of the culture that I've looked at. I said to my wife, I really want to do a, write a paper like a PhD or something. She goes, who are you? <laughs> who is this person? I say, yeah, 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 I'll do it. So it's a bit of a mission. Sir Apirana Ngata, he is um, up there from the, from the East Coast tribe, Ngati Pro. He once said, when he asked, why did the Māori take it so well, the gospel? And he goes, well, they were sick of fighting. There's a straightforward answer for you. My people were sick of fighting too. You listen to the stories, you listen to the legends, and you go, man, another generation of this? Another two generations? Are we going to change? And so the good news when it arrived was good news indeed. It was, a, um, it was break. Break from the old and, and, and let's start with the new. And the new is a God that is so much better. And I will indicate that with a story. I was, um, I was with my nana and these islanders are, are funny. They're a bit on dodge. So my nana said to me, I was just a little, I don't know how old I was, eight years old maybe, and um, she said, come with me. Ho. Let's go over to the grove of the uh, coconuts. Let's go, we're going we're gonna to put a curse on these coconuts. I was going, ah. Oh. So we walked over. She goes, uh, what are we doing this for, nana? She goes, so 
it, let it grow so people don't come and pick the fruits and everything because we can't monitor it all the time. So we're going to put a curse, curse on it so that when, when someone comes to pick fruit of these coconuts, they're going to get all manner of crime and corruption uh, invading their bodies. And I said, oh, no, no, I don't think we should be doing that. We don't do that at church. And she goes, shush, come. <laughs> shush, come. And so she nailed the sign up on the coconut saying, don't touch that, da, 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 da. And she proceeded to um, utter curses upon curses. And I was going, I was starting to get scared. I was like, who is this person? It's just, uh, you know, it just changed. And, and, and this, this is a feature of, of, of Polynesia that we move really, really well in these spiritual things. We know we know how to move in it. It's, it's like, uh, we see it, we go, yeah, we, but it's the wrong spirit. It's the wrong spirit. I remember we went up to, for a holiday up in, in, in New Year one year, and I came out of the bond store with a box of beers, walking out of there, and the pastor from, uh, I was a young Christian, come on, give me a break. And the pastor from Otaki, who was uh, Ray Parseni. He was, he was ministering up there at the time, and he shouted at me, He will! That's the wrong spirit! <laughs> I said, oh, man, it's, it's, I'm here for 14 days. It's 18 beers. It's sort of like one sort of thing per day, Pastor. Give me a break. So, yeah, so I was moaning about it. But we were very good. And, and um, you, I've, I've, you hear stories, and I can tell you some stories of, of how these um, methods or ways were passed down from parent to son um, about interacting with, with the spiritual world. So we knew that there is another reality apart from the stuff that we can see with our eyes, right? And when, and when the gospel arrived and, and it talks about Jesus speaking to illness, just saying, with a word, he, what? Cast them out. And, it was like, and, and these islanders, they know what's going on here. With a word, he casts them out. There's another spirit that we've been waiting for. Super. And it's like it, these types of things just take, they, they quickly take in the culture. Some of them, particularly in the Maori culture, when they start talking about the whakapapa of Jesus going all the way back, they go, I know that. I know that. And it quickly takes uh, in their heart that they can identify with this message. And, um, and that's, how it, that's how it goes. And, and, on, and on New Air Island, there's a bit more than that. Um, there's, a, there's a class system. Who hates class systems? Don't they just really bug you? Yeah, particularly if you're from a low class. He's going, how do I get up there? You know? And there's a little bit of that going on in New Air as well. At the time, they're called ohi. So, mataohi. So, so I, I, I reached up and grabbed Lynn and pulled her down to me. <laughs> Just jokes. I'm not that bad. And, um, but they, they sort of operated like that. And when Jesus comes in, when the message comes in, speaks to us as sons, it's, it's, it's uh, refreshing. And it breaks um, ideas that are held, you know, by families for generations and generations, you are, and you are able to, to move, you're able to grow, you're able to be who you're supposed to be. And th- these types of things, um, there's, a, there's a sad one as well, it's called whakawhulau, and it's really sad. Um, often in Niue, there's um, really bad 
how do you say the word? Droughts? Yeah, not drafts. Droughts, so the, the, the rain doesn't fall and, and plants die and things like that. So I experienced one and, and when, when I was little growing up. And you, you eat food that you wouldn't normally eat, right? And in particular bad times, mum and dad would, would take their children and, and throw them off the cliff or cast them out to sea. It's called fucker for low because otherwise, I, I, I'm just stating, I don't know whether it's right or wrong, we can't judge what they do, right? But it's what they did. And rather than seeing um, their children die before them, they would, they would do that. And I tell you what, when, you, when, when, the, when the message of God arrives and it speaks of God uh, sending his only begotten son, hey, it's speaking to me now. <laughs> so it would have spoken to my people as well. And there, there would have been a, a way that they would identify with the heart of God, understanding what that means. And uh, here's, another, here's another way. That's actually my plantation. Lynn didn't even grow any taros. I did it all. She came and took a photo. But we would grow some taros. And another way that um, I experienced personally growing up with my grandparents was that um, we prayed a lot. It was like nonstop. We talk about nonstop praying in, in the Gospels. Uh, it, it, this is the same as well. And we, we were nonstop praying all the time. Why? Because we needed stuff to live. And we'd arrive in the bush and we goes, oh, thank you, Lord. In you went, of course. Oh, thank you, Lord, for these taros. I thank you, Father, that, oh, they're just growing in the ground. I speak to this ground. Just make it work. Make it happen. And we're speaking to the bush and we're speaking to the pigs. Stay away from our stuff. You know, it was just declaring things, declaring things. And, and that's how we, how we worked. This is the plug. This is a tourism plug. You want to go to New York? Head up there. Come on. Come on. Get up there. This is Lynn's village. I would, I would launch at, you know, that little crane there. Yeah, I'd launch my little 12-foot dinghy from there. I'll head out. As I'm heading out through there, um, I'm praying. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lynn's not here with me right now. I'm just on my own. <laughs> I'm heading out. Oh, the fish are waiting for me, Father. I just claim them in Jesus' name. Yeah, and they would just do that all the time because you actually are really relying on stuff to happen. And when, when your line is down, you know, I was talking before, you're all over the show, you're all over the show. Um, and there's a bite, oh, Jesus, come on. And uh, it comes up from 300 meters, you get to 50 meters, you start to see some color. Oh, yeah, all this praise and worship comes out of your mouth, you know, it's fantastic. And, um, and that's how we lived. Yeah, it was fantastic, and that's how I grew up, and uh, until I had to come to this land of milk and honey, and we were dirt broke when we got here, but that's the way it is. So, when you look at this kind of stuff, and you think, man, for my people to go from there to where we are today, we were stuck in the middle of nowhere on this island in the middle of the Pacific, and I, mean, and I mean there was no contact. It's not like there's another island you can go to and things like this. We're so isolated that there's no, there's no um, tradition of tattooing on Niue. 
It's clean skin. So when, um, yeah, <laughs> clean skin. And um, when Captain Cook and these guys arrived, that's what they noticed. Wow. Uh, and there's no, there's no system of um, chiefs or priests or anything like that. And so they surmise, or there needs to be a bit more study going on here, that we, we, we came away a lot earlier um, from Samoa and Tonga so, so that when th- those things were developing there, we, did, we were not part of it. So we, we didn't experience those things. So when I say we're, we're in the, stuck in the middle of nowhere, we're literally stuck in the middle of nowhere. And what's God doing? Out of sight, out of mind, right? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God was preparing for those who love him. Those islanders, they didn't know that they were looking for something. They felt, they felt something, but they, they probably don't have the words to to describe it until it arrived. So God was doing a, a wonderful work in, in, in my people. It's like a seed. Yeah, it's chucked on the ground and maybe buried a bit. So it just stays there in darkness, doesn't it? It, it is a seed and it sits in darkness. But how many people know that there is something going on in the darkness there? Yeah, and the root goes down, feels the warmth, the root goes down, and then suddenly a leaf appears, two, two leaves appear, and you and I see the leaves and we go, glory to God, Jesus Christ, how amazing, because we've seen some evidence, right? But God was already at work in that dark place, and that's what I just wanted to point out with this, with this story about New Orleans. Uh, and I come from such a, such a thing. Uh, so I was brought up as a New Orleans. You know, English was my second language. I had a terribly unstable life, you know, with a solo mum. I don't know if you guys can, can relate to it. Um, you're open to a little bit extra abuse when you just live with, with a solo mum. What's up, what's down, who knows what's normal, what's abnormal. Uh, you just don't know sometimes. Yeah? And you arrive in this country and he goes, oh, oh, okay. You charge them. <laughs> you get the cops onto them and things like this. Oh, I thought it was normal. You just don't know. And then one day, hey, ba-boom. She's just from the village next door. Uh, that's such a nice photo, man. That's my wife. That's Lynette. That's me, the other fella behind. It's creepy. I know what's on his mind. <laughs> oh, okay, happy to be married. Sorry. Just soak that in. I married my sweetheart. I'm a Christian here already, probably a one year. I don't know exact data. I'm, I'm not into that kind of stuff. Uh, but I can describe the day at church, though. I'd given my heart to the Lord 
That was a long process. You know, I think it was two years for me. Duh, duh, duh. Slow learner. And at home one day, I gave my heart to the Lord and, and then just kept on going to church. I was telling uh, Mike this morning, I didn't have any clothes to wear to church, so I was wearing my nightclubbing gears. Yeah, it's just bad. That was bad. Just... Yeah. But now I have church clothes. No parent in their right mind would have um, given their daughter to me. Um, uh, you, you, you see me here, you see me now. Um, it's, it's the, when I mentioned before, you, when you see the, the leaf and the two leaves and the plant grows and you say glory to God. Um, yeah. The, I, just like you, the Lord spent a bit of time with you in the darkness when no one else was seeing you when no one else could see you, when no one else cared. Uh, I had a couple of girlfriends prior to Lynn, and one of them said that uh, you are so unstable, you'll get nowhere. And, and oh, awesome words, eh? And, and, and there was another one, what did she say? Oh, you'll just be a typical new and you'll just have kids and all this kind of stuff. And... But in my heart, you know, in darkness, God was feeding me. I wanted to be married. I didn't want what I'd grown up with. I want a wife. I want kids. I want stability in my life. I don't know how to do that, but God is already building in me something that, something that's good. Something that's good. But everyone just saw that, oh, he went to church with Lynn and he uh, came to God. Fantastic. And that's, um, that's what people see. They just see the leaves. But let me tell you, God was already at work. Um, and there's verses that speak to us as well. You know, when you don't know God, you don't know that there are already words set aside for you, written for you, and about you as well. And um, you know that uh, he, he, he formed you in a, in a secret place, you know, before anyone saw your unformed body, he was preparing you in your mother's womb. You know those verses? Yeah. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. Before any eye could see, he saw your unformed body. It's just magnificent, isn't it? Yeah, when you, and when you come into the body of Christ and you read those words and you went, man, man. Man, I belong here. It's so good. But when other people describe you when you are just still buried in the ground, like that seed, it's terrible, eh? No dad, no future, no hope, no manners, no idea. But now God gives us eternity. He gives us hope gives us ideas, gives us manners, it gives us a missus and a son too, to top it off. He's, a, he's an awesome boy. I don't know why I chucked it out. Oh, I just, I I've got some fish there and I thought I'd chuck it up. Yeah. I, I, I really love deep sea fishing. I don't like trolling. You know, lots of people go to the islands and they troll, 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 troll. Yeah, boring. I like, I like, like from 150 meters to 300 meters, 
you sort of get this little best of the best, eh? If you guys ever go up to Newhead, let me know. So here's my family. We all have some of these. Guys, yeah? You got, you got family shots? Uh, my mum... Where's my mum? She's... she's uh, oh, yeah. Top on the back, on the far side. And my dad... Yeah, look at him. He thinks he owns the world. This white fella here in the middle. Yeah. So I got his personality. <laughs> uh, Lynn's parents. Where are your parents? Oh, there. Uh, Maisie and David. David's in the blue shirt up there. Yeah. Some of these guys got buried extra deep. So they haven't really popped out yet. Um, and, but from, from experience, I know that God is still doing a work there. I, I trust God. And, um, and I, I trust that He is doing a good work, just like He's doing in me. I trust that I'm going to see a leaf pop out from, from some of these jokers. <laughs> They're jokers, all right? Mad bunch. I'm just coming to the end now. If the music team can, can head up. So uh, I've said to Mike, I'm going to stay a little bit. I'm going to say a bit of prayer and I'm going to close up. And the music team is going to sing a, select a cool song and end, a, end our service for today. Sound like, a, sound like a plan? Some of these guys are, uh, well, all of them I love dearly, absolutely dearly. But I wish they were with me in church. I wish, I wish. But I just know that God is working in their lives. I don't see the result. I cannot perceive it. I can't imagine it. I have never heard anything come from them. But I know that God is doing a work there. And it's going to be awesome. And I just say to God, I, I, I just want to see it. That's all. I don't know what you're doing, but I just want to see it. And um, we all have families. We all have friends. We all have, interact with people that we just don't want to interact with. You know, we have, we have the people on the outside of our, out, the out sort of, what do you call them when they're outside of the normal? Outcasts. No, no, uh, they're not so, they're sort of outcasts. But they exist on the fringes. That's the one, fringe people. And, and, and some of these fringe people, they, you and I are enemies because we are in here and they want what we, what we have. And we, we're saying, no, not yet. Yeah, that's, that's our attitude. Uh, I remember a, um, we did, a, we did a, a paper and the paper described the, uh, I can't remember what it was now. It was a, it was a um, ethics paper. But it was talking about the time of the Romans and the, the barbarians coming in and sacking Rome and all this type of stuff. And because one of the prime movers, one of the prime motivators of, of this carry-on was that the barbarians wanted what they had. They wa I want what you got. I want your paved roads. I want your civilization. And, and we look at people on the outside who, 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 who are not part of the church and they want our God. They want a piece of our God. Isn't that awesome? 
And we, we sort of get bristly sometimes about it, but they just want what we, what we have. Now, I don't know how we're going to do that. Um, and I think that's the, the struggle at, uh, in the world at the moment and the struggle in the church at the moment is how do we do that? But let us have the heart of God, at least, for starters. That'll be really, really cool. Our sisters last week shared an awesome word, and I want us to take that on board as our new attitude. What do they say? Is uh, Lynn and, and, and Lydia, and I quote what they said, and if we can have this heart, it'll be so cool. Because you want to work with God, eh? Who wants to work against God? Oh, yeah, it's so hard kicking against the goats. Come on, so hard. Don't do it. You'll never get anywhere. But working with God, you get to see some things. I see you, said Lydia. Remember that last week? I see you, says the Lord. I know you. I choose you. And then Lynn said from Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. If we have that, I think if we have that as our default, I think we'll do very good work. And we just sit and pray. I think that's our job, eh? And God does something in that darkness. And then one day, we're going to see a leaf come up and we're going to go, oh, Lord, you're working all the time. So good. That's the correct attitude. That's the correct attitude for you and I. For what are we sharing? We are sharing the heart of God. That's our, that's our thing. We are sharing the heart of God. We're not protecting God. We're not um, gatekeepers. We are sharing God. We are spreading Him. We are uh, availing Him spreading and sharing not gatekeepers we are in the prayer ministry we are watching we are observing waiting asking God can I see it Lord can I see it before I, even before I die can I see it I'd love to see some of these people here I don't know up here doing something you know in my house with me that'll be cool I'm going to pray I'm going to pray for you I'm going to pray for me um, I'm not going to invite anyone up for any altar call today can you take the message home can you make it your new attitude now, there's some people you don't really like but I guarantee you I 100% guarantee you God is doing a work, a great work at that. He's moving unseen, unheard. You you can't even imagine what's going on, but it's happening. Let us pray. Stand up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Give it a good stretch. Dear God, Oh, dear Lord, our Father and our Saviour, our God who loves us, 
cares deeply for each one of us. How wonderful you are, Lord. Your goodness sprinkled around us in one blessing after another. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Oh yes, Lord, for you have not withheld anything from us, your children, Father. I pray, Lord, that you make us see your heart, Lord. I pray you make us to be your co-workers, Lord, sharing your heart, Father. Give us, Lord, your heart to love, our heart to trust you, Lord, that you will make it right, that you are still working, Father, as your son says. My Father is at his work to this very day. Glory be to you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for freely sharing with us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.